Live uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, three different platforms, three different cameras. It's kind of strange right now. If you were sitting in the position that I'm sitting in, you would see what I'm looking at. It's freaking awkward. Um, but I don't know how this picture looks on this. This is my from my laptop, my new laptop. If it looks all right, it looks as good quality. Last one. Going to go over some topics today. Uh, Instagram, hello. LinkedIn, hello. We're get this video up. Uh, it looks like. LinkedIn, I have three minutes to do a video. So whatever you get out of this on LinkedIn, you get out of it. If you want to join uh, Street Cop Training, the private group on Facebook to have uh, unedited raw with some foul language, God forbid, um, footage and video and learning stuff. Great. Uh, talk about a few things today. The one thing I want to tell people, I just spoke with somebody like, eh, you know, they're trying to shut me down at work. They don't want me doing work. You know, they're putting me in places that I don't listen. I've been there uh, when we first when I first started my police department. Many moons ago, myself and my uh, old partner, uh, Simiville, I'm not going to say who you are on here, but we would be, they would hold jobs for us in the CAD, right? So we'd have dinner from 10 to 11. At 10.50, of course, there was always a job to try to keep us busy and off the road and preventing us from stopping cars. It happened every night. The radio guy had 28 years on the job. He was a cop. He didn't want us doing headache work. And uh, what we did, we just dealt with it. And when we were done with our jobs, they gave us went out and crushed it. So, it is what it is. Um, look, it's it just it's part of the gig. It's not it's it's not perfect, but you work what you got, man. You know, if not, figure something out. I'm gonna tell you. Another thing I want to talk about is guy wrote it to me today. He had some questions, and we had a good conversation. I'm not gonna say his name or uh, the circumstances or the town, but I will give you the the scenario of what happened. Basically. Let me just coach you on a little something here. If you have a vehicle stopped and you are getting consent or you have PC to search it and you find something that's a product of a, uh, of a, a product of a search that's considered probable cause for arrest, if you have multiple passengers in the car and you're going to begin posing questions about who possesses ownership of this property, you're going to want to uh, read Miranda first before you begin um, asking questions, posing those questions designed to elicit incriminating statements. The reason is, is this. If you ask questions without giving Miranda at the point when somebody becomes arrestable. So my point is, when you find that thing, you become arrestable. Although handcuffs were not put on, you are technically arrested. You're not free to leave. Uh, the product was found. Now you have to deal with it. So if you're running into that and you have multiple people and you found a small amount of something and you don't want to take three people in and, tr and process three or four people, you can read Miranda as long as you're allowed to your SOPs, which you should be. You can read Miranda to everybody and then begin to question them at that point. Make sure you have it recorded. That's my advice. Even if you don't have a MVR, you have a car with an MVR, maybe you haven't come by and do the Miranda, maybe have them sign Miranda card if you have the cards for them to sign and then pose your questions so it's not suppressed in court. We're running into this a lot where guys and girls are asking questions without, um, you know, without reading Miranda and, okay, so the LinkedIn thing's done. I'm going to shut this, this camera off over here. I don't know what else to do. I hit okay on it. Just gonna do that real quick, guys. I don't even know how to use it. My friend wanted me to try it today. Anyway, um, we want to do things where we're gonna make sure that the cases are bulletproof. That's what this training's about. It's not about me or or whatever. Like we poke fun, it's a blast. But I just want you guys to do a good job out there and make sure you don't get things suppressed on on silly little caveats and flaws that you missed on. We're gonna go into 
uh, a more important subject, very general, but good for everybody. And listen, this is good advice for everybody across the country who's watching this stuff. Don't be afraid to use Miranda. I know it's maybe not common. You haven't done it before. But if you're getting into interdiction, you're going to have situations where you're allowed to read Miranda. You know, if you have to ask permission, well, then so be it. It's so strange. Like there's some agencies that uh, you'll have to be a detective. To, I've had people tell me like, oh, we can't read Miranda unless you're a detective. Like, well, you're a police officer. What are you talking about? Uh, but don't ruffle the feathers of your administration. Make sure it's okay. Let them know what you're going to do. Because it's hard. you got to translate with people. you got to be open lines of communication to get your bosses to understand what you're doing. And that's my advice on that. So today we're going to talk a little bit about more uh, so of less interdiction, but a little more general United States Supreme Court rulings on entering into the homes of wanted persons with and without warrants. Nutshell, big case comes out in 1980. It's Peyton v. New York. It's U.S. Supreme Court rulings, which means you all have to follow it. I don't care where you are. This is not New Jersey specific. You all have to follow it no matter where you are. Where you're watching this video, if you're in Poughkeepsie, New York, or uh, somewhere in Colorado, wherever you may be watching this video, Florida. Uh, Nick's friend, how are you, buddy? I got the I got the scoop that you were talking about um, me this morning at lunch or breakfast. So thanks for uh, joining us, my friend from Key West, Florida. Uh, here's what it says. In New York, here's what happens. There's a guy who's wanted for a murder. The detectives in 1974 do not go and type up a warrant first. They develop enough probable cause for the arrest, but they don't go and get an arrest warrant. They go to the guy's house. They kick the door in. He's not there, but they end up taking a shell casing that was tied to the murder. And they, the guy wants to suppressing. Listen, you had no warrant to come into the house, even on an arrest warrant. And the court said, yeah, you can't do that. If you develop enough probable cause, uh, and let me try to explain this as 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 well as possible. If you're developing enough probable cause <coughs> uh, that somebody committed a felony offense and it wasn't in a public view or they are not in public, it didn't happen in front of you, maybe they're resided at their house. You must, um, you can go there and ask permission or ask the guy to come out, but I wouldn't go that way. I would go and get a warrant for his arrest. I'd present it to a magistrate and make sure that magistrate's judge, the guys who don't know, I would make sure I presented that, uh, got the warrant for the arrest. So this way, when you go to the house and the guy is there, you have reason to believe or probable cause that the person's in the house. That allows you to go into the house and make the arrest for the person. If you didn't have that warrant, you wouldn't be. You could always ask the guy to come out, but you wouldn't be able to enter into the private residence. Public, no problem. But entering into a private residence, not in a, not in a, in a fresh pursuit, not in a felony, felony pursuit. I'm talking about crime happened. You know, the guy, maybe it happened three days ago. You know where the guy is. You have enough probable cause for his arrest. You've got to go and get the warrant. The warrant will carry some uh, validity and some power to allow you to go into the house. This is what Peyton v. New York says. We're going to go a few different things as we go into this. So you guys can use this stuff in the field. It's pretty neat. Um, again, felony arrest warrants. Uh, New Jersey has not really adopted anything per se, but you're not kicking in doors for a $75 seatbelt warrant. I'm, I'm gonna, I know there's a saying of a warrant is a warrant is a warrant. Uh, I just think it would be bad practice to go on and arrest people. Without, you can always go knock on a door and say, hey, man, you got a warrant for your arrest. We're taking, you know, come out here. We're taking you in. That's okay if the guy wants to comply. But if the guy sitting in his living room is like, yo, it's a $75 seatbelt warrant, you can't go into the house and lock him up on that. Now, if it's a $5,000 warrant for aggravated assault and the guy's in the house, good to go. He doesn't have a right to refuse. You can enter with force if you have to, to apprehend that person. It's not a search warrant for the house. It's an arrest warrant for the body. And then, obviously, anything you see in plain view would be good to go and not suppressible. Uh, so if you kick, for example, if you kick in the door, 
you see him running across, you kick the door in, you go in and maybe you find a handgun or some drugs. That is good. The entry was lawful. You'll be good there. If you don't want to believe me, you can read Peyton versus New York yourself. It's very simple to read. It's if you the link I put up, it's a lot of pages, like 20 freaking pages of stuff to read. Very, very uh, annoying to read that much paperwork. Really, uh, child support. Oh, Bill Keith, yeah, muscles marinara. Uh, Matt Hudson, child support. Um, I don't think so because I think it's contempt of court is child support. So I'm going to say no on that. Um, so Matt Hudson, no, child support's not going to work because I believe it's contempt of court and that's going to be the sort of the person's offense. Could be wrong on that. Throw me for a loop on that a little bit. If anybody has an answer for that better than I do, but I'm going to say no on child support. Um, Matt West, if someone else answers and he says he's not home, are you good to go inside? Correct. Unless you have PC. Okay. You're not good to go inside. Correct. Unless you have PC to believe he's in there. Yeah, correct. That's right. Matt West, you have to have, I believe it's reasonable belief. You don't even need probable cause. You reasonable belief that the person's inside the house. That will allow you to go in. Uh, if you read this, I believe it's, it says reasonable belief. I think it's the standard there. Um, but yeah, uh, you will not be able to go into a house and effect an arrest unless you have some idea of the guys in there. Like you would see the guy running across. Uh, we've had it where guys like stuck their head out the windows. Like we're not, I'm not coming down. I'm like, Oh, cool. Get the Ram we hit the door. It's true. We, we've done it. Uh, hit the door, go in and grab him. Um, so here's what it said in Peyton versus New York. This is some stuff I have highlighted here. I could photocopy it here, uh, or print it out. The arrest warrant will necessarily suffice to interpose determination of probable cause between the zealous officer and the citizen. If the judge issues the warrant, it is constitutionally reasonable for the, uh, to require the suspect to open his door to the officers of the law. Therefore, for Fourth Amendment purposes, an arrest warrant founded on probable cause implicitly carries with it the limited authority to enter into a dwelling in which the suspect lives and there is reason to believe that the suspect is within. Reason to believe. Uh, it doesn't say PC for the arrest, reason to believe, okay? Um, a little more wording out of this. In the, in the context of warrantless home entries, it should be emphasized that the doctrine of exigent circumstances will permit such an intrusion only where there is probable cause to enter the home. So they're saying, look, if you have uh, exigent circumstances, totally different. Uh, versus, like, let's say you knock on a door and the guy answers the door and you're like, hey, man, you have a warrant for your arrest. Maybe it's a... Uh, Maybe it's a seatbelt warrant. And then he's like, yeah, well, I'm going to get my gun. Well, you have exigent circumstances to, to interdict that guy from getting a gun out of his drawer. You know, makes sense, right? So I want you guys to know this. So when you have a warrant for somebody's arrest and you're holding it up, uh, you know, bring it with you. We had a guy one time who <laughs> started calling on the radio and the guys from the town that I used to work in. He's like, hey, can somebody bring that thing up here so we can take hold the warrant in our hand? You don't need to have a warrant in your hand. To, as long as it's in effect, you don't have to hold the warrant in your hand, you silly little goose. Man. Um, as long as it's in effect, you don't have to hold a warrant in your hand and show somebody you have a warrant for their arrest. You have it. It's, it's, it's in effect. Like frightening people out there. Anyway, um, so if you have a, an affecting... Make fun of somebody. The point I was trying to make. Uh, they, 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 they to home. Uh, again, so if you, you go and get a gun, you can enter into the house. Uh, so in Kirk versus Louisiana, police officers, this is just the different circumstances. This is uh, the requirement of the exigent circumstances in addition to probable cause. Police officers conduct a surveillance of a defendant's home based on an anonymous tip that drug sales were occurring there. After witnessing what appeared to be several drug purchases and allowing the buyers to leave the area, the officers stopped one of the buyers on the street outside a defendant's apartment. Immediately thereafter, the officers knocked on the door of an apartment, entered, and placed the defendant under arrest. So this is U.S. Supreme Court ruling. 
Uh, a search incident to the arrest that uncovered a vial of cocaine found in the defendant's underwear. In addition, while in the apartment, the officers observed the other contraband in plain view. Finding the entry, arrest, and search invalid under the rules set forth in Peyton, the court said here the police had neither an arrest warrant for the defendant nor a search warrant for his apartment when they entered into his home, arrested him, and searched him. The officers testified at the suppression hearing that the reason for their actions was a fear that the evidence would be destroyed, but the Louisiana Court of Appeals did not determine that such exigent circumstances were present. As Peyton makes plain, police officers need either a warrant or probable cause plus exigency circumstances in order to make a lawful entry to a home. So there you go. Uh, do the arrest warrant first. If you have the time, what they didn't establish there was that they had some reasonable belief or probable cause to believe that the uh, evidence was going to be destroyed before they secured an arrest warrant. Uh, move on to my next one, U.S. versus Santana, 1976. <clears throat> and it's uh, it has to do with a a narcotics investigation, Member de members of the Philadelphia Police Narcotics Squad developed probable cause with the defendant. Uh, Dominguez Santana was involved in a narcotics distribution scheme and in possession of marked money to make an early control buy. So what happens is she's selling heroin outside of her home. They're watching her. They call a team. Uh, I'm sorry. They call a team. I think Dominguez a guy. And now it's female. So they pull up. They identify themselves as police officers. They tell her to stop. She runs inside. And they arrest her and find a quantity of stuff where she's inside her home. Because the offense occurred in a public place and she ran, you had the ability that home protection uh, side of this whole stuff didn't apply anymore. Right? Um, and said, the only remaining question is whether her act of retreating into her house could thwart an otherwise proper arrest. And the courts held that it could not. So it's like a fresh pursuit thing. You just can't run back into your house and defeat what would be a in-person warrantless arrest. It doesn't work that way. If it starts outside, that carries what it inside. It just doesn't work the other way around, okay? Uh, hot pursuit uh, after a police observation of several drug transactions, the state versus Joey. And basically I've highlighted here, the police saw the defendant selling illicit drugs, a serious crime. Consequently, the police had ample probable cause to arrest him. Pursuing him into his apartment was plainly justified in order to affect his arrest and prevent the likely destruction of evidence. It happened in public and he ran and they chased him into his house, fresh pursuit. Good to go. The officers were converging on two defendants. Joey's not there. It appeared likely that he had fled into his apartment. The officer knocked and heard no response except the footsteps running up the stairs. The officer reasonably concluded that the defendant hastily entered his apartment because he knew that the police were in hot on his trail. Upon hearing someone running up the stairs, the officer could reasonably conclude that the defendant intended to destroy the contraband before a warrant could be obtained. The officer's belief that the contraband would be destroyed was fortified by the officer's knowledge of the defendant's past drug selling. Under these circumstances, the police were not obligated to remain passive and permit evidence to be destroyed. The Fourth Amendment is not violated when the police justify, justifiably pursue a fleeing criminal into his apartment after the criminal has committed a serious crime in their presence. Indeed, the police are not under a duty to follow and arrest, I'm sorry, indeed the police are under a duty to follow and arrest such a fleeing criminal. Let's try for you guys. Something else? I think that was the end of what I had for you. That's my point made today. Good stuff. Everybody can use in the field, even if you're not doing interdiction. That's cool. It's okay. Doesn't mean we don't like you. Uh, let's see here. I got some comments as I was reading. Uh, always ask if they can check. They may let you. Yeah, Jay, good advice. Um, you know, but again, we've had people come to the door and, you know, they're like, yeah, he's not here. We're not even open the door. Just don't be, just be careful with kicking in doors. You got to have some good reasonable belief. Uh, what about bench warrants? Failure to appear in the crime they committed was a felony. Uh, bench warrant 2C299. Remember, a contempt of court is a contempt of court in New Jersey. 
it's a disorderly person's offense. Let's take hindering, for example. If somebody is hindering the apprehension from a crime, it is one degree less than the crime. So let's call it a murder. If somebody is hindering their apprehension as a murder suspect, okay, the person has not been processed, they've been stopped, the murder just occurred, they're lying about who they are, murder is a first-degree crime, the hindering now becomes a second-degree crime. However, let's take that same murderer, and for this is probably wouldn't happen, but for the example of this, I'm going to try to make sense of it and make it as easy for you to understand. If the person is a murderer and they go to court, but then he doesn't show up to court and there's a bench warrant for his arrest for contempt of court 2C299, that is still a DP. Even though the underlying charge is murder for what they didn't show up to court for, it still is not the fresh arrest for murder. So bench warrants, no. Uh, Sandra, hopefully that 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 helps you understand that. It kind of depends if they have been processed and have been to court already yet. If the guy's on the run for a burglary or a robbery and he's given you a fake name, uh, if he hasn't been a court, you know, you follow what I'm saying here. I'm trying to explain it the best way I can. So I had this conversation with somebody I used to work with. They thought they were so sure of it, but um, they were wrong. So if you guys have it, let's see. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks. No problem, dude. Um, if you have any questions, anybody, you guys can reach out to me. If you don't know that I go to sleep relatively early, I have three kids under the age of four. Uh, but if I can do anything for anybody, hopefully this video worked out well. You guys uh, who may be not engaging in interdiction, I don't want to make everything about interdiction and police and that type of police work. I know there's a lot of people cool. in this group. We have 9,000 members now that want to get value out of it. Uh, and I get it. Like everybody has a position in this world in law enforcement to do what they came to do, whatever it may be. I respect it all. It's great talking, everybody. I will be here tomorrow with some more stuff. Um, what kind of shirt will I be wearing tomorrow? Probably a street cop training shirt. If you guys need anything from me, reach out. I appreciate it. Oh, one last thing. For the guys who have been to the two-day class and haven't come back to the two-day class but want to get a refresher, a one-day case law refresher, I will be February 21st, Livingston PD. We have a lot of room left in that class. Uh, one-day criminal case law that will help you uh, even if you want to come for one day, you don't want to come for the whole two day thing really, really will get you up to speed and up to par. You get a lot of the stuff you've seen here all in one shot. You'll feel very, very confident. Um, you know, that's, that's available. I have one other one day coming up in May, but we have a lot being scheduled right now. New classes coming out. We've got a lot of cool stuff going on. Stay tuned. We ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Hopefully. Uh, see ya.